Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you guys joining me today for this episode, and I'm pumped to dive into today's solo episode and the content that I want to cover um, in today's show. So as you would have seen from the title of the episode, I'm going to be talking about the mistakes that a lot of people make when trying to build muscle mass and the reasons as to why you are probably struggling to gain lean muscle tissue and, and what we can do to fix that problem. Because typically a lot of the time on these episodes, whether it's around training or nutrition, the topic tends to revolve around fat loss, right? But there are a ton of people out there that are trying to build muscle tissue. And even if you are trying to lose body fat, retaining muscle mass and strength should be a priority of yours. And you know, we're going to touch on this in this episode as well. But in order to achieve that look of definition or what people refer to as muscle tone, we first need to actually have the lean muscle tissue underneath the body fat so that when we remove the body fat, we actually have something to show for it. So without that part of the equation, then we can lose as much fat as we want. But we're going to be disappointed with the result once we've lost the fat and we actually don't have any muscle mass underneath. So we don't have the shape that we're actually looking for, right? So I've been through countless phases of fat loss and muscle growth. And each time I go through one, I tend to learn a little bit more. Pair that with the fact that I've been fortunate enough to work with literally thousands of clients online, but also an absolute ton of clients face-to-face and guide them through their own fat loss and muscle growth journeys as well. So I want to kind of preface this episode before we get into some of these reasons why you might be struggling to build muscle mass with just helping you guys understand, and this kind of ties into one of the reasons in this episode, but helping you understand that it is really important to spend periods of time in either a maintenance calorie intake or calorie surplus with the focus of actually building muscle tissue. Now, if we are always trying to lose body fat, all right, if we're always in the calorie deficit, in time what happens is our metabolism starts to suffer it's inevitable that particularly after an extended period of time, we're probably going to lose some form of muscle tissue as well. And, you know, depending on how long and how deep of a deficit you've been in, it can also kind of reduce our quality of life and social life and and all the rest of it as well. So when we're talking about improving our physique, which should always be the goal, right? Like you guys are listening to the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast because you want to better yourself, whether that is physiologically, whether it's mentally, whether it's all round, which hopefully it is. The goal should be to improve our physiques over time and improve our performance and, of course, enjoy the journey and enjoy the process along the way as well. So we're going to get stuck into some of the basics and, again, some of the reasons why you are not building muscle mass and what we can do, some alternatives or some changes we can make to ensure that if your goal is to build lean muscle tissue at the moment and and build some muscle mass so that when you lose the fat, you've got the shape there or maybe you just want to improve your athletic performance or performance in the gym, posture, reduce this uh, risk of injury, whatever it may be, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing and getting the most bang for our buck in our training. So if you enjoy this episode today, at the end, I would love for you to take a screenshot of this, share it on your social media, or just send the link to this episode to a friend or someone you feel like could benefit from it. Um, as always, I, I really appreciate you guys tuning in and I genuinely really enjoy recording these solo episodes. Um, as much as I enjoy chatting with guests, obviously, um, the solo ones are fun and it allows me to really educate you guys and share 
I guess some of my um, my knowledge and my experience within the industry, whether it's as a coach or whether it's as a you know, someone who lifts and and trains myself. So let's dive in. So I think the first one um, and mistake that a lot of people make, and this usually comes from a lack of awareness around our nutrition, but one of the biggest mistakes people make when trying to build muscle tissue is not actually being in a calorie surplus. So I actually had a conversation with a client yesterday who uh, recently finished up their fat loss phase and they did an exceptional job. They they really look uh, amazing and I'm super proud of the, the, the progress that they saw in the time that we spent in this fat loss phase. But I was talking about the importance now of not getting too fixated on staying super, super lean and, and allowing us to bring the calories up a bit, a little bit. So reverse dieting out of that calorie deficit, bringing calories to maintenance for a little while and then pushing them eventually into a surplus. So all that means is that we are taking in more energy than we are expending. So eating anywhere from, let's say, 100 to 500 calories above maintenance consistently. And the mistake a lot of people make is that they're just not in a calorie surplus. All right, so you might be training and you might have the intent and the focus of building muscle tissue, but realistically, if you're not at least loosely tracking your calorie intake and you don't know whether or not you're in a surplus, then it's a guessing game very similar to when we try and lose fat. It's very important to know your numbers. And for some people, let's, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I have relatively fast metabolism, a lot faster when I was younger and still playing a lot more sport and stuff. But there was a point there where I was consuming between five and a half to 6,000 calories a day to pretty much maintain my weight. I think I put on three kilos or four kilos in 12 weeks eating that amount and majority of that was muscle tissue. So when I speak to people now who reach out and ask, you know, I'm trying to build muscle, I'm I'm training, you know, these days per week, I'm doing this, that and the other um, and all the rest of it and I ask them how many calories they're eating and they're like, oh, I'm already eating a lot and I'll say, well, how much? And, you know, you get half the people who have no fucking idea how much or the other half who do have an idea, but in the end of the day, they're just not in a surplus. So you could be having 3,000 or 3,500 calories a day or two and a half, depending on whatever's relative to you. And if if your progress in the gym has slowed down and you're not actually gaining any form of weight over time consistently, then it means you're not in a surplus. So you need to go higher, even if you're already eating a lot of food. For me, the gaining phase is the hard part. That's where you put in all the work and that's what is a really important um, phase of uh, physique development. And the fat loss phase is like the reward. It's like the reward at the end, Getting you, you get to see the reward of all the hard work that you've put in. But if we're not, if our weight's not slowly increasing or our numbers in the gym aren't increasing, it means we're not in a calorie surplus. Okay, so it's essential that whenever we plateau, the same as when we plateau in a fat loss phase, we need to make adjustments and often that means bringing in more calories. Now, paired with this, I think, you know, I'll, I guess what brings us to the next point is our protein intake. We should be having at least two grams of protein per kilo of body weight, in my opinion. Now, although it kind of, you almost feel like it seemed, it should be the opposite way around, but when we're in a gaining phase, we actually don't need as much protein as what we would if we're in a fat loss phase. Um, when we're in a calorie deficit and we're trying to lose fat, it's important to keep protein super high because, or on the higher end anyway, because our body is in a position it doesn't want to be in and we're losing fat and we're trying to retain muscle tissue and retain strength. So I usually bump my protein up a little higher in a fat loss phase, but in a gaining phase, I'm still getting at least two grams per kilo of body weight as a minimum. Now, on top of that, 
I'm making sure that I'm starting to look at what food sources I'm I'm kind of eating, and that's what leads us to point number two is that when people go into a gaining phase, they kind of see it as a free for all, and just you can just start eating fucking anything and everything. Now, what happens is we either put on way too much fat, too much unnecessary body fat, or our body just doesn't actually build muscle tissue as well or as effectively as what it should if we were providing the right fuel to our bodies. So regardless of whether I'm in a fat loss phase or a gaining phase, my food sources stay pretty similar. Now, keeping in mind that when you're in a surplus, obviously there's a little bit more wiggle room for foods that are higher in calories, so more calorie-dense foods that may not be seen as super healthy or whatever. But the goal should be just to increase the volume of the food that you would typically be eating in a fat loss phase and just increase the amounts. So instead of having you know, um, 125 grams of white rice, you might have 250 grams or whatever it may be. Just increase the portion sizes and aim to fuel your body like a sports car, right? Because the more quality food we put in, the better we're going to perform, the better we are going to feel and, and our overall health is going to be and our body's ability to recover and to function at its at its best is when we consume higher nutrient-dense foods, right? Which is super important. Um, and I think the last part of this nutrition part as well is that you need to understand that, especially if you're tracking your calorie intake, it's a super, uh, what am I trying to say? It's a, it's a really good opportunity for you to learn what your body responds best to, right? So, I'll use myself as, as an example again. When I'm in a fat loss or gaining phase, I tend to find that my body responds super well to really high carbohydrates. Um, my protein is always set and then the fats is either on the lower to moderate side. Um, so you can start to see what you respond best to. You know, If you're eating in a calorie surplus, your carbs and fats ratio either way doesn't really matter too much as long as you're drinking enough water and, and you know, you're hitting your calorie intake and your protein. But you're going to start to see what you respond best to. Do you respond really well to keeping carbs higher? Do you respond better to keeping fats higher? A mix of both, whatever it may be. But we need to be consistent with nutrition in a gaining phase. It's not. This is not where we take the, the foot off the gas and, and just fucking fuck around really and just take it super easy. This is where you put in the work. This is where the progress is made. You have to make the most of this period. And as I said before, when I had this conversation with a client, I, I emphasized the fact that over these coming months, this is where you are going to make progress. So the consistency with nutrition and sticking to an intake or and making sure you're in a surplus is extremely important, just as important as it is to be in a deficit when you're in a fat loss phase. Otherwise, you're just going to waste your time. And then the next time you go into a fat loss period, you're, you're not going to actually notice much difference in your physique. So our goal is that whenever we are at maintenance or above maintenance with our food, we make progress, we make changes and improvements to our physique so we get to reap the rewards whenever we get super lean again um, the next time. So that's the first mistake or the first couple of mistakes around nutrition. You know, not not eating in anywhere near enough calories firstly. Um, secondly, you know, not choosing the right foods, I guess, um, often enough. It can be 80 to 90%, I guess, of your intake from those um, you know, healthier options, I guess. Um, but the consistency with that intake is super important. The next mistake I see is people focusing on, I guess, the wrong things with their workouts or or getting too caught up with what rep ranges they're working in and, and all the rest of that shit, right? So my training doesn't change that much from fat loss to muscle growth, to be honest. What I like to do though is, is same as my nutrition. I like to measure my results with training. And a part of that process is progressive overload. 
Okay. So regardless of whether you're doing higher loads and lower volume, so let's say anywhere from three to six reps, nice and low reps with heavier loads, or whether it's, you know, anywhere from six all the way up to 20 reps where the volume is a bit higher and the intensity is a little lower, it's essential that you are tracking particularly your big lifts and you're making sure that you are seeing progressive overload over time. Going to the gym and just doing a hard workout, like a quote-unquote hard workout, or just training heavy but not actually tracking any progress really is just leaving results on the table. So when you look at your big lifts, so your compound movements like squat, bench, dead, overhead press, pull-ups, rows, all the rest of it, throughout fat loss and gaining phases, you should be tracking your progress. And in a, a calorie surplus, that's where you should be seeing those numbers increase very regularly. So, you know, more reps, more sets, um, heavier weight, higher intensity over time, as often as possible with as many lifts as we possibly can. And that is an indicator of whether or not you are seeing progress because we know that to create any change, we have to provide some form of resistance and a, and a stimulus that is uncomfortable. And for the muscle we're trying to build, if we're not giving it a stimulus that it hasn't experienced before, why the fuck would it change? Okay, when you look at it like that, it's actually very straightforward and very simple and makes a lot of sense. Why would my chest get any bigger if I'm lifting the same weights that I typically lift or if I'm never training to a point where it's really uncomfortable and it requires me to, to exert you know, more energy or, or um, more effort than what I usually would? Why would, it, why would my muscles change? They're not going to unless we give it a reason to change. Okay, so a well-structured training program progressive overload as often as possible, training deloads when you need to, just taking care of your body, just ticking all the usual boxes that we should be ticking that a lot of people just let slip throughout a gaining phase because all of a sudden we've got a surplus of calories so it doesn't feel like we're in like a any real phase. People kind of lose track of what their goal is in this period of time whereas we need to take it as serious as our fat loss phase if not more. All right, so... Regardless of what rep range you're lifting in, okay, that you can build muscle with low rep ranges, you can build muscle with moderate to high rep ranges. Don't get too fixated on that. You know, I like to keep a relatively broad spectrum of, of all the rep ranges. Typically my my sessions will start with compound movements that are usually a little little higher in loads and lower in volume, so heavier loads with lower reps. And then my accessory movements might be a little higher in reps um, and volume, but Throughout these sets, I'm still tracking these workouts and making sure that over time I'm progressing. So if week one of my gaining phase, I'm doing a dumbbell lateral raise with 10 kilo dumbbells for 12 reps, by the time I get to week five or six, I'd sure as fuck want to be doing either more than 12 reps with that weight, doing more sets or doing more weight. Otherwise, have I seen any progress? No, not really. Even if I'm eating in a surplus and training hard, doesn't mean that I've actually made any progress. So it's essential that we we have some measurable results here and we take care of the the requirements of actually changing our body and that's to provide a stimulus that that uh, makes our body adapt and grow. The next mistake I see is people, yeah, and everyone has their opinion and I'm not saying this is the right, I'm not saying that my way of doing it is 100% the right way, but I'm going to share my opinion on this and share my logic as to why it, to me, it makes just a fuckload of sense, right? And this all is around training frequency per muscle group, right? So I'm sure you guys have heard of what's usually referred to as the bro split, right? You train one muscle group every time you go into the gym. So you're pretty much targeting each muscle group once per week. 
She might go in, obviously, international chest day on Monday. Day two, Tuesday might be back. Uh, Wednesday might be legs. Thursday might be shoulders. And then Friday might be arms, right? And that's our training split. So let's say we're talking about our lower body. So we train legs on a Wednesday and then we don't train it again. We don't train our legs again until the following Wednesday. Well, here's a bit of a wake-up call for you guys. You don't need fucking seven days to recover from a strength session in the gym, all right? And what I want you to take away from this is that you are leaving so many results on the table, okay? So whether it's results with strength gains, whether it's muscle tissue gains, like we're leaving so much on the table by only training each muscle group once per week. And the other aspect of this is the quality of these sessions, right? Because if I know I'm only training legs once a week, of course, I'm probably going to just fucking annihilate myself in these sessions and, and do a big leg session. Now, I should be tracking my progress, as we just mentioned, but the chances of my session being a really high quality session the whole way through are slim to none. By the time I get halfway through, you know, my I, I'm under that much fatigue that the quality of reps and the amount of volume I can lift towards the end of the session is inevitably going to be less or lower than what it would be if I, if I increase the frequency of training legs. So... I always ask people the question, right? Let's compare training legs once a week to, to training legs twice a week. Now, I also want you to keep in mind that when I say training legs twice a week, it doesn't have to mean that you're doing two hour and a half sessions where you're just fucking your legs up as bad as you can. It might mean even just breaking one session into two. It may mean doing a little less volume in both sessions, but that means the quality is higher, meaning we can lift more volume in that session, right? So if I do one leg session with six leg exercises... By the time I get to exercise four, five, and six, I'm already fatigued and the quality is not going to be great. I'm not going to be able to lift as heavy as what I typically could if I was doing those exercises at the start or whatever. Whereas if I increase frequency and did three on one day and three later in the week, you can start to see how the quality of that second session allows me to, even though I'm doing the same exercises for the same reps across the span of the week, the quality and the amount of volume and the amount of weight and whatnot I can lift in that second session is going to be significantly higher in comparison to just doing all those exercises in one session. Hopefully that makes sense because I feel like I, I don't know if I explained that super well. But I often ask people when we compare training each muscle group once per week in comparison to two times per week, what do you think would give you better results? Training your chest 52 times per year at once a week or training your chest 104 times per week, per year, fuck, not per week, per year. I mean, regardless of how much education or understanding you have around strength training and building muscle tissue, it doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to figure out that doing double the amount of work or double the amount of frequency on a certain muscle group, of course you're going to see better results with multiple times per week. So it's important that we start looking at training each muscle group twice per week, in my opinion, minimum. You may even be doing more, but with the understanding that it doesn't have to be the biggest session you've ever done every single time you train. One of my favorite training splits, and you know, um, I have a, done, a bunch of different program options on my, my website for the coaching app, and that's why I did it, is to provide everyone with uh, a training frequency that suits them. All right, so I typically do weights five times a week. So my favorite split is an upper body session, a lower body session, and then an upper body push, an upper body pull, and then another lower body. So I'm targeting each muscle group twice per week across five days. Across four days, you might do upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, or maybe a push, pull, legs, and full body. 
Three days could be upper, lower, and full body. Two days would be two full body sessions. You get the point. So by increasing your frequency, I guarantee you will see significantly better results in terms of muscle growth and strength. And I think for pretty much everyone listening to this podcast, it should be something that you at least try um, and then come back to me and let me know how you go with those because I think that will make a significant difference for your results. The next uh, part I wanted to talk about is just having too much variation with training. Um, you know, just basically just program hopping, going from one to the next every couple of weeks and not actually allowing time for that progressive overload to happen. So I like to keep plenty of variety in my workouts, don't get me wrong. Um, but even if I'm, you know, if I'm going to have a heap of variety in my training, it's going to be in the accessory movements towards the end of the workout. So I use my compound movements as a bit of a benchmark lift as to my progress. So if I'm doing a period, a training block where on my upper body push day, I'm focusing on incline bench press, I'll keep that in there for an extended period of time, anywhere from six to eight weeks. So I allow myself time to progress in that movement. Although keeping in mind that, um, I guess I'll, I'll explain that after I get through this bit actually. Um, but the variation, when we have too much variation, and you see this a lot with a lot of new personal trainers who want to make the sessions interesting for their clients and whatnot. It's it's not about making the sessions interesting if you're there to get results. It's about improving over time. And you need it, like strength training is a skill in the end of the day. Squatting's a skill, bench pressing's a skill, pull-ups are a skill. The more often we do them, the better we're going to get at them over time. And the more time we practice them, the better we're going to get at them over time. Okay, but if I'm doing bench press this week and then next week I'm like, fuck, I'm going to try a new program and then I don't do bench press again for another three weeks, four weeks, like how can I really expect that to have improved when I haven't done it? It's like if you were trying to learn a new language and every fucking week you just changed the language you were trying to trying to learn and then came back to the original one like five weeks down the track, you're probably going to have no fucking clue. I definitely wouldn't anyway. Fuck, I did Italian in school and fucking all I got out of it is pretty much being able to count to 10 and ask people what their name is, um, to be honest. But that's not the point. Um, so the variation, right? Just at least your big movements, keep them as a staple for a period of time until you see progress and then you can rotate them. And if you do want variation, my opinion is to use your accessory and isolation movements as the, the lifts that you use for, for variation. Um, and I just wanted to point out as well is it's really important to understand that if there's certain exercises that you feel like they don't suit your body type or they're exercises you just fucking hate and you're never motivated to do them, um, don't do them. Okay. Because our body doesn't go, our body doesn't know like, Oh fuck, Danny's doing a barbell bench press today. Um, the chest better grow in comparison to me going in and doing a flat bench dumbbell press or a barbell floor press or even a machine press. The body knows that it's being put under load, providing a certain stimulus to the muscles and it needs to adapt if it's hard enough and you're eating enough and that's it. So if you don't like certain exercises, you don't have to do them in order to see progress in any muscle group, all right? It's really important to, to grasp that. Focus more so on movements, not exercises, okay? So movements, not exercises. Hip hinge, okay? Hip hinge movement. You might do an RDL. You could do a conventional deadlift, you could do a trap bar deadlift. There's a million different uh, exercises you can choose for each movement. So the most important aspect is making sure you fucking enjoy the process. Otherwise, you're not going to stick to it and you won't see the results that you're after. I've got a couple more here for you guys um, before before I wrap this up. And again, I'd love to hear some feedback on this. And this is just experience, right? This is 
the stuff that I see and hear from clients all the time and, and the mistakes that I've made, because trust me, guys, like I've made so many mistakes in basically everything I've done, to be honest, but that's why I talk about this stuff. I don't talk about this, any of these topics on the show because I'm just reading an article online and I want to kind of just relay the information. This is all real world experience and I'm trying to help you guys as much as I can. The next thing it's really important is, and this applies for muscle growth or for anything really, is just not putting enough emphasis on good technique and, and lifting cues and getting the most out of every rep. It um it sounds like it's a, a fucking no-brainer, but for a lot of people it's just something that's not a priority and, and it shows, right? It shows. So when you're in the gym or wherever you are doing your workouts, focus on perfect technique, you know, get that mind-muscle connection. The lifting cues, remind yourself of the cues every time. Um, I like I was literally thinking about it the other day. I should make a fucking soundboard that you guys can can use for for lifting cues. Um, you know, in my app, I've recorded all the exercise videos with audio cues because I want people to to consistently remind themselves of what they're trying to achieve with every movement and how to get the most out of every rep. Because if you're just moving the weight from A to B and you're you're more worried about your ego because you're bench pressing 100 kilos or you're squatting 150 kilos, but your technique sucks. Yes, you may get a little boost of the ego when everyone's kind of looking at what weight you're using and, you know, second to that, just a heads up, no one gives a fuck how much weight you're lifting in the gym. But the main thing is that you're not actually moving, the, you're not actually going through the muscles full range of movement, right? So you're not providing the stimulus it needs to actually improve. So yeah, it looks cool, might be good for the gram or whatever, but you're missing out on gains. And, and until you start lifting with good technique, perfect technique and with intent, then you're going to be falling short on where you should be going if you're putting in that effort to be in there in the first place. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is, uh, there's just two more I want to share with you guys because I'm mindful of how long the episode's going for, um, is relying on supplements. Um, again, absolute no-brainer, but people still struggle with this. They're there to, as the name would suggest, supplement your training and your nutrition and your recovery. You know, Supplements like creatine monohydrate, you know, using a protein for convenience, all these 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 supplements are great. They help. They do. They 100% help. But they're not going to do the work for you and they're not going to help you if you're not doing everything else correctly. Okay, so nutrition, being a surplus, training, have some structure, target each muscle group at least twice per week, overload your movements as often as possible, take care of your body, fantastic. Focus on good quality sleep, hydration, all the rest of it, and then use supplements as that extra boost which will help you if you've taken care of everything else. Now, the last one, um, again, I've experienced this so many times and it took me a long time to figure this out. And um, so I, you know, I was the reason why I fell short on a lot of progress for so long is because I, I was just impatient, right? And once you've done a phallus phase and you see how you look when you're lean and it's a, it's a great achievement, you feel awesome. And then you go into a gaining phase and, and one month later, you're trying to cut again. It's like, fuck, man, you have made no progress in one month. We need patience and time. Okay, so you need to allow for time for your body to improve and grow. And more importantly, if you've come from a fat loss phase, is, is for your metabolism to regain its kind of full health. And you know, it's obviously hard to tell whether people's metabolisms have been damaged or not. And I'm not going to say that every person who does a diet or a fat loss phase needs to rebuild their metabolism, but it sure as fuck helps, right? Because the more lean muscle tissue you have, the harder your body has to work to retain its own muscle tissue and weight. So you're expending more energy at rest, more energy in your workouts, um, and that allows you to eat more and, and, and maintain a certain body fat percentage level. 
And then in my opinion, once you go back into a fat loss phase, if you've given yourself enough time, <coughs> excuse me, if you've given yourself enough time, you should be able to diet down and get a lot leaner um, with, with higher calories than what you did the previous time. So it's a win-win um, in my opinion. And it's just patience. You need to be patient. You know, I used to recommend like a three-to-one ratio of, of like maintenance and gaining in comparison to fat loss. So if I'm going to do a fat loss phase for three months, I would typically spend another nine months at either maintenance or, or surplus. Now, I know that's on the, the longer end, but you know, I think it should at least be a two-to-one. Okay, so if you're fat loss for three months and you should be in a gaining phase for six months um, to allow yourself time to progress and, and make progress and, and make changes. Um, so hopefully this has helped you guys. Um, if it has, I'd love to hear from you uh, again. Like I want you to get as much out of these episodes as you can and put this content to good use. Like it's time to implement these tips now. Um, and if you need any extra help, you can always send me an email at danny at dannykennedyfitness.com. Reach out on, on any of the social platforms and whatnot. I'm actually posting a shitload on um, on threads at the moment for those who aren't following me on threads yet. Um, but yeah, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this and taken some value. Again, I really appreciate you tuning in. I love the podcast. It's It's probably the most enjoyable thing I'm doing um, and it's because of you guys because if you didn't listen to it then I'd probably still be doing it but it wouldn't be anywhere near as enjoyable so thank you so much and uh, I look forward to chatting to you guys again in the very next episode.